Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the PKN Podcast. I'm Grant McCarran, and uh, in this episode, we're discussing soft plastics and sustainability with Jackie Nordsvin, Nestle Australia's Head of Packaging. But first, I'd like to introduce Lindy Hewson, the Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN, and also the host of this show. Lindy, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Grant. I'm super excited to be talking to a fellow women in packaging, Jackie Nordsman, and also talking about one of the companies that I believe is doing some really great things in making great strides towards sustainable packaging. So I just um, wanted to set the context for us today. Uh, Nestle is, is one of the world's biggest food manufacturing companies, owner of numerous fast-moving consumer goods brands, including household favorites that we all know so well, like Uncle Toby's, Allen's Lollies, Kit Kat, Nespresso, Nescafe, Maggi, of course, it goes on and on. Um, but this makes it one of the world's biggest end users of packaging. Um, and on the global stage and in Australia, Nestle has made a very public, very vocal stand around its sustainability goals. And for one thing, Nestle has committed to 100% of all its plastic packaging being recyclable and reusable by 2025. And in the Australian market, this is playing out in a number of positive, forward-thinking initiatives set to drive sustainable change in packaging. So here to talk to us about this today, as you said, Nestle Australia's Head of Packaging, Jackie Nordsman, who is driving many of these initiatives. Jackie, welcome. Thank you, Lindy, and thank you so much for having me and letting us share our packaging sustainability journey with you. Um, so, in essence, my role as Head of Packaging of Oceania is overseeing the packaging development for our, our business across Oceania with a particular focus on packaging sustainability. With regard to that, um, it's not just about what we do, it's what industry does. Uh, so, I'm also quite involved with APCO as a brand owner director and sit on the Technical Advisory Committee for PrEP which is the Packaging Recyclability Evaluation Portal. That's APCO's recyclability evaluation tool that we've been using since it was first developed. Okay, so I really admire all the many things that you do apart from your job being involved in the Australian Packaging Covenant Organisation. There's a lot going on. We've got some really big packaging targets that everybody needs to um, get on with and achieve by 2025. But talk us through Nestle's sustainable packaging goals um, and your strategy to achieve those. Oh, with pleasure, Lindy. So really, we start at the beginning, which is our vision, um, and that's none of our packaging ends up in landfill or in oceans, lakes and rivers. And to achieve this, our commitment, as you said, is that 100% of our packaging is reusable and recyclable by 2025. And we're determined to look at every option and embrace multiple solutions that can make an impact. And we're doing this by a three-pillar approach, which I'll take you through. So the first is developing the packaging of the future. The second pillar is creating a waste-free future. And the third is driving new behaviour and understanding. We need to address every single pillar, as without just one of these, the system fails. There's no point us in designing for recycling if there's no or minimal recycling systems in place and if our consumers don't put our packaging in the right bin. Okay, so those are very clear pillars, but I think what would be helpful is if we unpacked each of them. So could you start with developing new packaging for the future? What does that mean? 
Okay, so there's a couple of elements in that. The first is uh, obviously making all our packaging recyclable or reusable by 2025, um, and we're obviously making strides on that to deliver that. Um, to do that, we've used PrEP, as I mentioned earlier, and we've literally unpacked all of our packaging and identified over 100 projects. Of these projects, we've prioritised 11, which will address 65% of our not recyclable plastic packaging. The first project in the market this year, in fact, is a change to our Nest Cafe coffee caps, where we've introduced a new carbon black free pigments, so they can now be seen by the near infrared sensors at the material recovery facilities. And we've also replaced the cardboard wad with a wad from the same material as the cap. Uh, so, yes, exciting stuff. That is exciting stuff. Um, there is a term you use, PrEP. I mean, I know what it is, you know what it is, but there might be some people out there who don't know what PrEP is. So could you just explain what the PrEP tool means, uh, what, it, what it is and how you use it to evaluate your packaging? So the PrEP tool helps us understand whether our packaging uh, can be actually recycled in the infrastructure in Australia and New Zealand. So we put into PrEP um, all of the material specifications and it looks at the shape, size, material, weight and determines whether or not packaging can be recyclable. Uh, so, for instance, um, if we've got a piece of foil uh, and if we can scrunch it up into something that's bigger than a 20 millimetre ball, then that can be considered recyclable. So, secondly, beyond making our packaging 100% recyclable, we'll also be eliminating packaging types where post-consumer packaging um, is unlikely to have recycling systems established. So, we've actually got a public negative list which outlines all the difficult to recycle uh, packaging types and materials which we will not use in new product development going Going forward and they're being phased out of existing packaging. This list includes PVC, polystyrene, pigments containing carbon black and plastic straws, for example. Further to this, um, we're also researching new packaging materials. So Nestle has opened the new Institute of Packaging Sciences um, in order to develop new packaging solutions. One of the outcomes of this is new paper-based barrier packaging to replace some of our flexible plastics. Yeah, and we have uh, we're working very hard to deliver this for Smarties around the world. Yeah, we reported on that paper-based packaging. is a very exciting development, I must say. So, Jackie, let's look at the second pillar then, creating a waste-free future. Okay, Lindy. So, under that second pillar, we've actually got four areas. The first is actively supporting the development of collection, sorting and recycling schemes. The second area is extended producer responsibility, which is how we take responsibility uh, for our packaging once it leaves our hands. In that area, Nestle is already actively taking responsibility for some of our hard-to-recycle items. Um, we've had recycling schemes in place for Nespresso pods since 2010 and our Nest Cafe Dos Augusto capsules to, since 2014. Also, uh, last year, Nestle announced that Nespresso pod recycling scheme would be open uh, for other marketers of aluminium coffee pods to join, which was very exciting. And also, Nestle is a partner to the Red Cycles in-store collection scheme to recycle soft plastics. The third area is creating a market for food-grade recycled plastic. Yeah, so we've committed uh, globally to spend equivalent of $2.3 billion to buy food-grade recycled plastic packaging to encourage investment in developing this sector and boosting supply. We certainly understand that sourcing food-grade recycled content is much more expensive than sourcing virgin. And finally, developing new business models. Uh, so Nestle is developing and supporting refillable and reusable business models such as Loop, which is a circular shopping platform that replaces single-use disposable packaging with durable, reusable packaging that is returned, cleaned and refilled. 
Wow. Well, that's, that is quite a lot of um, commitment uh, on all those four prongs and very exciting. Certainly, yes, I, the Nespresso capsule recycling scheme has been fantastic and for a very long time and really good that all pods can now be taking advantage of that platform. Now, the last pillar that you mentioned was driving new behaviors and understanding. So crucial. Can you tell us more? In that case, um, Lindy, that's helping our consumers sort their waste properly and making sure they put it in the right bin. So at the moment, we've got 60% of the ARL on our packs so far and climbing. Um, We may not get to 100% by the end of the year, but we'll certainly be close um, with the rest on pack in the new year. So Jackie, how many SKUs are we talking about then? Yeah, over 2,000. Gosh, so that that is a big task. And you can imagine that it's not just per skew. We have some of our um, products have more than one piece of packaging. So we could have, say, up to five ARLs to explain what to do with every single piece of packaging. So, Grant, um, in case you haven't seen it, the Australian recycling label is something that is printed on pack, um, which is, gives very clear instructions to the consumer what to do with every part of or every component of a piece of packaging. And it's been an initiative that Nestle has really embraced at an impressive level. Yeah, certainly sounding like it. There's a lot of work going on. I'm hearing a a lot with the three pillars and all the activities within each pillar. There's a lot of work going on and 2025 is very, very close. That's, That's quite a major goal to have everything done by then. You are right. 2025 is racing at us. Well, it certainly is. And if we consider, Jackie, that 85% of Nestle's plastic packaging is in soft plastics, yet less than 1% of post-consumer soft plastics is currently being recycled, we have got a major obstacle ahead of us to meeting that 2025 target. How are you addressing this? Okay. So again, working through our three pillars. First, we'll be designing under Pillar 1, designing our soft plastics for recycling. So nine of the 11 priority projects I mentioned will address the majority of our soft plastics. And these will be transformed over the next two to three years to be compliant with PrEP, our negative list and our rules of sustainable packaging. In short, for non-barrier materials, we'll be moving to mono materials. And for barrier materials, we will target a minimum of 90% polyethylene or poly, and or polypropylene uh, with absolutely no paper or PET. Uh, examples of this that have changed are our Uncle Toby's muesli bars in the five-pack range, as well as our Uncle Toby's bakes. So for both of these, we've moved from more complex non-recycled barrier materials to polyolefins. Well, that is good news to hear about those muesli bars and the material developments. How are you addressing the issue in terms of Pillar 2, creating a waste-free future? So, Lindy, this is where for soft plastics, which we don't have a curbside solution, um, we partner with initiatives such as uh, RedCycle, uh, where we're seeking, we're also seeking scalable solutions to meet this commitment. Uh, further that, on Pillar 3, um, we're looking at all our soft plastics. Um, we'll actually have the Australasian Recycling Label on pack, and for all those that are compliant, they'll have the in-store drop-off um, ARL and the RedCycle information on pack. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned um, the red cycle, and we will talk about that a little bit down the track. But first, I did want to talk about one of the recently announced projects that PKN has reported on, which is a curbside recycling trial for soft plastics on the Central Coast. And I'll grant, in case you missed it, (laughs) in your reading of PKN, Nestle and Australian recycler IQ Renew are taking the next steps in a trial that will see soft plastics collected through curbside recycling The trial is going to start with 2,000 households on the New South Wales Central Coast 
and there are plans to extend it later to some 140,000 homes. And the trial aims to find ways to collect household soft plastic and turn it into a resource. Participating households will collect their clean soft plastics in a purpose-made bright yellow Kirby bag. Kirby is a brand name that uh, Nestle has come up with, with IQ Renew for this project. When the bag is full, consumers can tie it up, tag it, and place it in their yellow recycling bin for pickup with their regular recycling collection. So this is quite an exciting project because, um, as we have seen, Jackie, Australians have really embraced curbside recycling as a habit or a practice. And um, with soft plastics, it's a little more complex of a material. And so we, I'd really like you to talk us through the whys and hows of this project. Okay, so the big reason why, I guess, is that, as we mentioned before, 85% of our plastics are actually soft plastics. Of the 900,000 tonnes of plastic put on the market in Australia, 300,000 tonnes of that are soft plastics. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, less than 1% is collected through uh, in-store drop-offs. So we really need a scalable solution to be able to meet our targets as well as the industry targets. So, the, yeah, this particular trial is very exciting because it's how do we scale up the collection, sorting and recycling of soft plastics. So in this case, the tags um, that you mentioned on the on the bags will help identify the bags. They'll move through the material recovery facility. The soft plastics will then be shredded and become a resource for use in other plastic products, do some testing in the chemical recycling plant, uh, also energy recovery um, and some other plastic product products. So how long is this trial going to run for? So the trial will, well, hopefully it extends beyond the trial. So initially we'll run the trial with 2,000 households, as you mentioned, uh, and expand to 140,000 beginning of next year. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see where it takes us from there. But, you know, for at least a year, if not longer, and hopefully forever. Yes. So you mentioned earlier, I'm going to bring us back now to the Red Cycle, because Red Cycle is another collection point or infrastructure for collecting soft plastics. Explain the difference and also tell me, will Nestle be running the two in parallel? Is that how you see it working? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nestle is a very proud partner to Red Cycle Program, which really pioneered post-consumer soft plastics collection and recycling in Australia. Um, the Red Cycle Program is fantastic, um, but not currently able to scale up to meet the demands of all the soft plastics put on the market. So the trial with IQ Renew and the Central Coast Council is about delivering a scalable solution so we can meet our own targets as well as the APCO recycling targets by 2025. So I understand that, um, I think you did say, put a figure out um, earlier, but soft plastics makes up 30% of all the plastic packaging in Australia. Is that correct? Plastic packaging put on the market? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So in terms of curbside or red, red cycle, these are all projects that involve consumer behavior changes. It's very important part of success in, in getting us our sustainable packaging goals and objectives met. Aside from using the Australian recycling label, do you think your marketing team could make better use of unpack messaging to communicate with the consumer. We see we've seen a lot of developments in smart packaging, which allows quite engaging uh, technology, some app-based engagement tools that come off the packaging. Is anything like this on the cards at Nestle? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, our Nestle brands are queuing up to use their brand voice to champion recycling beyond the ARL through um, consumer-facing campaigns, developing on-pack messaging to positively motivate consumers. Uh, it's really quite exciting. I've actually never seen so much activity around actually talking about our packaging on our packaging, uh, certainly the first in my career. So we've done quite a bit there. In 2019, we really began activating on this. Um, examples of this are like our Kit Kat really started the Give the Planet a Break campaign for our e-commerce packaging. Uh, we've got a, quite a few lined up over the next year and I'm excited to say that we've got a brand, a very loved brand that is planning to do quite an extensive campaign across the front of all of its packaging. So um, we look forward to seeing that. Well, I certainly look forward to getting the scoop on that story, so don't forget that. <laughs> so, um, and can I just say that I really loved the KitKat Are You OK program. I thought that really um, struck a chord with consumers at this difficult time um, under the pandemic circumstances. So congratulations on that campaign. So just to, to bring us to the point of really looking at what's going to happen next, as Grant mentioned, 2025 is but a few short years away. Uh, know that Nestle and other major brand owners have made some big pledges. What are your next steps in the short, medium and long term? Okay, I mean, as we mentioned before, 2025 is racing ahead of us, so uh, we don't have any long term. We're just short and medium at this point in time. So our immediate priority is really to get the ARL on all our packaging so our consumers know what bin to put our packaging in as a first step. And with that also comes actively encouraging our consumers with our brand voice to recycle the right way. In parallel, we will move any of our materials with the bin labels on them into materials with recycling labels well before 2025. We'll also test and learn reusable packaging systems. And in the medium term, we really seek to increase recycling rates by collaborating with the soft plastics value chain to develop a chemical recycling solution so we can close the loop on soft plastics in Oceania. Well, those all sound like um, really noble and decisive uh, directions. Fantastic. I do think that as a major brand owner, Nestle is clearly taking its responsibility towards the environment seriously and steps which I believe will cement consumer loyalty to your brands who want to align with a brand whose value echoes theirs. And you, Jackie, are helping drive that change. So thank you very much for joining us today and for sharing this part of the Nestle Sustainable Packaging journey with us. Thank you so much for having me, Lindy, and it's been a pleasure to share our journey. Thank you. Lindy and Jackie, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in the next episode in the not-too-distant future. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.